0: Welcome, everyone, to the Directed IRA podcast with Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler. Looking pretty good over there, Mark Kohler, with that wow. camel hair jacket.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's still winter in most parts of the country, and a camel hair is a nice fall-winter sport yeah. coat. you got to have a camel hair. very sophisticated. Very sophisticated. Thank you. It's yeah. like ladies, they have to have that little black dress. Guys have to have the camel hair sport coat. It's just, a, it has yeah. to be a part of your wardrobe. I'm
0: already learning on the podcast today, guys. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. We have loved talking about self-directed IRAs, in particular investing your hard-earned retirement dollars in what you want. And you want to know what the number one investment is, the most common investment clients make at directed IRA. I,
1: You know, I was actually surprised when you told me. Yeah. I, I was. And um, why people are investing in llamas in the uh, – <laughs> Uh, you know, Eastern Europe, I, it, it's beside me. It's yeah. really odd.
0: I mean, alpacas too, you know, yeah, so, alpacas. so we got some hot tips today on investing in bombs and alpacas. You could do that, but that is not number one. Okay. All right. Pray tell. Pray tell. All right. Well, uh, subscriptions, private placement offerings, and these are sometimes called PPMs, private placement memorandums. Um, but we're kind of going to put this in a big category today of private funds. We're going to talk about the different types of private funds and then also get into the documents that are involved, what you should know, maybe some due diligence tips, just kind of, you know,
1: I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to use another word too. I like the word private equity.
0: Yeah. But uh, private equity is one type of private.
1: fund. Oh, no, no. I agree. I yeah. agree. But I think that resonates with a lot of people. So if you've been pitched, um, investing in a, a fund or yeah. a private equity LLC, and maybe the words accredited investor mm. were thrown out. Or some quotes, air quotes, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> or uh, someone sending you an inch thick of documents, and you see the three letters SEC or the word security. Those are the things that let you know you're investing in a fund. And you're, you're right, Matt, Matt. I'm joking about the llama. I'll park up <laughs> of course, many many people would rather invest in a large multi-unit um, real estate project or some sort of startup or some sort of fund that specializes in research or development or, Mm -hmm. uh, AI. I want to, I want to invest in an AI fund. Do you? Yeah. I think, I think it's the future, but, um, Anyway, so investing in these funds is very common with people with retirement accounts because they want to get off of the Wall Street platform and get into this space where there's these really smart people that just want to raise a million, 10 million, sometimes 100 million, and they're out talking to investors like you. And this is where you go from a partner or a lender to an investor. This is where the I word is okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so what you want to, I want to break down the different types of private funds that there are um, first. So let's let's just hit that. Okay, you do it. All right, now you mentioned private equity. That is a big category. Private equity is basically a fund where you're going to invest into a fund like Kim Kardashian's private equity fund. You know, oh. Kim, Kim K. Kim K. She's yeah. got a private, yeah, private equity I, I'm fund. I'm in. Let me
1: see how it's doing. Yeah. I'm just.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so um, I think it's called Sky. So, okay. but Kim K's private equity fund is one where she's going and buying existing companies, okay? There are companies she thinks are going to can grow and go 10 times bigger than what they are now. But they're not a startup. They already have operating income. Mm. Because we're going to contrast this to a venture capital fund called a VC fund, which is usually startup. They have an idea. They don't even have a product or a service Mm. or a software, whatever it is made yet. They just got some idea, you know, and a bunch of geeks in a garage, okay? Private equity is, no, no, they got business a real business. They're making money already. Huh? Okay. I okay. like it. So, um, so that's the first category. We get lots of those and, um, and private equity has been one of the fastest growing asset classes for alternative investments, period. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people see more opportunity for returns there. It's safer than venture capital in the sense that venture capital are startups that aren't even making money yet. So um, private equity has been very popular. We've seen lots of those come through.
1: Okay. And then the PPM, for everybody here say that that stands for private placement memorandum. It's part of this reg D. And then we get into these five Oh six, this and all these different numbers. And you're going to see some of those terms used on the documentation you receive with, from the company that you're looking into. Um, But PPM is a document that the SEC requires that is in, I don't know if you call a PPM a fund, yeah, it's, it's, it,
0: well, the, the PPM is like the document, private placement memorandum,
1: right? Like, or you could say a private like, placement. It's like a fund. Yeah,
0: yeah. And sometimes call it an offering memorandum. Some people mm. call it that. It's just kind of, you know, it's a made up word, frankly. But basically, what the SEC has said is hey, if you want to go raise money from people privately, you're not going to list this on the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ and get audits and all that. You can go raise money, but you've got to provide all these disclosures. And typically, you need to raise from accredited investors. We'll get to this in a second. So, but you are going to get a set of documents and what that, whether it's a PPM or offering memorandum, whatever the heck they call it, it's basically a notice and disclosure that's basically telling you, don't invest. We could lose all of your money. If you read the thing, that's the gist of it. <laughs> it scares the hell out of you. Yeah,
1: don't read it. If you can't sleep at night, it's a good one.
0: And if we happen to be lucky and make money, then you will make money. But we're probably not. Here's all the risk factors. Here's our management team. You know, it's kind of like, it's just
1: really a disclosure and a bunch of warnings, frankly. yeah. And uh, so let's go with, from now for the rest of the show, we're just going to call any of those private offerings, meaning it's not on a public exchange, we're going to call those a fund. So we got the F word here, not FICA.
0: Yeah. It's a four
1: letter F word. It's four letter F (laughs) word. We're going to call it fund. So any of you that are going to invest in a fund, we'll leave it at that. So there's also, it could be real estate. It could be ongoing businesses. It could be oil and gas. It could be research and development, whatever. We're just going to call it a fund where you're getting pitched privately, not Mm -hmm. um, on the an exchange, a public exchange.
0: Okay, the other one there that is out there is the VC fund, Venture Capital Fund. So Venture Capital Fund, think of this as Silicon Valley.
1: Well, you just okay. said the ideal one. You said VC.
0: I know, but I'm going to go through all of them. I oh, there's more? PE and I said, we're going to contrast this. Oh, I, got, oh, okay. I got three more to go.
1: You got three more? Yeah. Don't, okay. don't rush right. me. Okay. Don't okay. rush me. All right. Okay. <laughs> Mark's like, I want lunch. Move <laughs> yeah, it along. No, no. I, I thought we could say <laughs> any of those are fun. You get pitched, it's a fun. But no, all it's all fun time, enough. I want to talk about vc
0: Okay, VC. Think of... Silicon Valley. Okay. Is it silicon or silicon? I'd go with silicon. Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, we're hmm. talking about um, microchips, not implants.
1: Okay. Just be clear. Wow. Right. I like this. Okay. Now we're it's getting somewhere. Okay, take your time. Now take you're interested your in what I have to say. All of a sudden, now you're like, okay, okay. let's- Hello. You
0: can talk more. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, but again, these are going to be the startup funds. Um, and these are these are going to be more high risk because these are kind of like the investors in the VC world are hoping one out of 10 of those, they're going to lose 100X. money. They're going to make money on yeah. it. And nine out of 10, they know they're going to lose money. But that one out of 10 is going to be 100x. Yeah. So they're still making 10x if you're running the math there. Yeah. So that that's kind of just a VC, much higher risk. So you got to be careful in that, of course. And you know talk to your financial advisor, do your own due diligence about going all in on one VC fund. That could be uh, very risky, but even the VC funds, they typically have multiple investments. So if you're going into a fund, and I think that's why a lot of people like it, rather than picking one startup and investing your IRA and mm-hmm. I'm going to go in the fund and they do have 10 investments and you're hoping one of them is the next Uber. Okay. So that's the I, VC fund. I like it. All right. Now you got the hedge fund. Ooh. Okay. This is the wall street, you know, maniacs. So the hedge funds are basically just trading. They are, you just give them a bunch of money and they're going to be the wizards of wall street and trade them. Or they're going to be the Bernie Madoff wizard of wall street yeah. and they're not going to trade and they're going to rob you because yeah. that's what Madoff was. He yes. was a hedge fund. That's right. Okay. Very good. So, um, so we got third category, their hedge fund. Now the last one that is one of the most common that we see is the real estate fund. Yes. Now this is one where rather than buying one single family rental with your IRA, why don't I invest with a hundred other people that buys a three hundred unit apartment building, you know, or a commercial building or a retail center or whatever it may be. And so those are very popular. A lot of people like real estate in their IRA, hard asset, cash flow, appreciation, all that stuff. So um so you could have of course, the real estate fund. So that's the four different categories of
1: funds. I like it. And all capitulated under the F word fund. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna go with that. I like it. Okay. so now, You've been pitched. Um, Maybe we should mention this accredited investor concept. Yeah. Uh, There are certain funds and projects that don't require accredited investors. And so if you're not being asked to fill out an accredited investor form, that doesn't mean it's a red flag. Uh, It depends on the number of investors they are going after the way they advertised. Uh, Sometimes you can get exemptions to bring on smaller dollar amount type investors. And, uh, I know Grant Cardone's, we've talked to him before he went through, jumped through a lot of hoops to get a very rare exception to let people invest as little as five grand yeah, in some of this. funds. That's the
0: Reg A fund, you know, the Bob Marley fund. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Regulation A, Reg mm-hmm. A fund. So okay. another one we, you know, we've had on Show um, Neighborhood Ventures. They've been our self summit. They just did a REIT too. So that was a category actually within the real estate fund is you can have just a standard real estate fund. You could also have them do it as a REIT. Mm. And REITs are really cool. They're exempt from UBIT and UDI if your fund ever would run into that. Um, and if you do it as a Reg A, which most REITs are, um, you know, you can raise small amounts. They don't have to be accredited investors.
1: Yeah. And then you have the, the. Oh my gosh! It just blew my mind. The little the the crowdfunding
0: crowdfunding yeah yeah, yeah crowdfunding is yeah. another
1: type. So anyway, what, what I'm trying to get at is the accredited investor rules. Uh, re- a certain level of income or a certain number of assets yeah. that you qualify personally. Your retirement account doesn't qualify as an accredited investor. You do. Yeah. And then you would fill out that form and you would go through that process. Yeah. So.
0: And if you qualify, then your IRA qualifies. Now, the way you qualify, you can qualify in one or two ways as an accredited investor, have 200000 annual income if you're single, 300000 annual income if you're married, or a million dollars net worth. That's whether you're single or married. And when you take into account net worth, you can't count the equity in your home, in your residence. So other real estate you can count, not your home. Of course, retirement accounts, investment accounts, other assets you can count in net worth. So that's how you can qualify as an investor based on income or on net worth. You don't got to hit both boxes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So you kind okay. of jumped through that hoop and now I like what Matt said. We've talked about doing due diligence as a specific podcast several times in the past. We really, really recommend you go back and listen to that. But during this phase, when you may be filling out some accredited investor forms, getting familiar with the document package you received, that's when you really turn on your radar. That's the due diligence period. Yeah. Uh, And so now if you're like, all right, I want to invest
0: my IRA in this, you know, and you're filling out the paperwork. Let's say your IRA is at Fidelity, by the way. Okay. You haven't seen the light and moved over to directed IRA yet. mm -hmm. You're not gonna be able to call Fidelity and say, Hey, I'm going to invest in the XYZ private equity fund. They're going to be like, you can't do that again. Not because IRAs can't do that. because Fidelity IRAs can't do it unless you're a high net worth client, ultra high net worth 50 million or more. they let you do it. So you can move over to directed IRA. We let all of our clients invest in alternative assets. You can invest in any of those types of funds we talked about. Um, and now when you're subscribing though, the investor is not Mark Kohler. If you moved your IRA over here to go invest mm. in this, it's directed trust company FBO, Mark Kohler IRA.
1: Account right? number XYZ. Yeah,
0: yeah. We don't throw your account number on. But you still so, be you just, you know, just your name or you can actually use account number too, by the way. That's a if you if you don't want your name on stuff, you can do directed trust company FBO, your account number. But yeah. Um, little little tip there. Yeah, a little privacy strategy. Yeah, if you like the privacy. So yeah. now in a private fund, it doesn't matter. It's probably on a spreadsheet and some private documents. But,
1: um, but you're gonna want to know that distinction because you're yeah. filling out the forms as the accredited investor, but then you're filling out the investment form exactly as your retirement yeah, account. So
0: when you fill out that subscription agreement, because that's what you have in a private fund, right? You're gonna have. The private placement memorandum or offering documents, right? Which is kind of like the disclosure. Here's what we're doing. Here's our management team. Here's all the ways we could lose your money. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Do you really want to invest with us? We could lose it all. Did we tell you we could lose it all? Okay. (laughs) Once you got through that document, (laughs) right? Then you do the accredited investor questionnaire, which you talked about, which you're going to say you're qualifying personally. Then you do the final document, which is really the key one, the subscription agreement. And this is where you're saying, all right, I'm buying, but remember, if you're using your IRA, it's a direct trust company, FBO, your IRA. Then you say, how many units or shares are you subscribing for? And usually the documents say the purchase price per share. Then you would process that to us at Directed IRA, assuming your account moved over here, and you authorize it with what we call a direction of investment to say, hey, my IRA is buying these shares of units. Then we go send the money, of course, to the company raising the funds.
1: Sometimes there's a third party. Um, and then your IRA owns that fund. I love it. Now that was the overview. Let's unpack it a little bit. I think an important step here is you start to fill out those documents. Uh, first thing that I hear a lot of clients say is, well, I wanted my trust involved. I wanted my revocable living trust. Cause I, if something happens to me, yeah. how does my trust don't, don't I want my trust to be the owner Mark? Well, remember when you open that account at directed IRA to move your Old four hundred one k or old IRA over because you're ready to really invest it and not just have it wither away in Wall Street. Uh, was that passive aggressive? Yeah, passive aggressive. Okay, when you get your when you open, <laughs> it's yeah, okay. Accurate. Okay, <laughs> when you open your account at Directed IRA, you're going to designate your trust as the beneficiary to your account, and you go. Well, I put my spouse. That's okay. You may name your spouse first, then your trust. Make sure you always do that. A lot of people just name their trust because if you're married it'll go to the trust. If you're single, it goes to your trust. And then it's just easy. So all of you should be using your revocable living trust. If you don't have an estate plan finished, you can take care of that at the law firm. We can give you the name for your trust and right away so that you can start using that, get your uh, trust signed. But remember the beneficiary to your retirement account is going to be that trust. So you're going to start filling out that paperwork and if you have any questions, it's, you're going to have two phone calls. You're going to have either calling directed IRA. We have a great hotline that'll help you know what to send in. And they'll walk you through some of these steps that it can be confusing. Some of you may be listening to this while you're on your treadmill or driving. And then you can also be calling the fund that's offering this. You're going to say, Hey, I want to use my IRA. I'm working with directed IRA. We're not going to answer questions about the investment and maybe unpacking the documents. We're going to help yeah. you get it filled out for your IRA. So just remember you're going to have those two resources.
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, no matter what IRA custodian you're using, they're not doing the due diligence for you. They're not in investigating this mm-hmm. investment or this investment sponsor. And you're signing all these documents saying, I've decided to make this investment. I've done my due diligence. This is what I want to do. My retirement account makes the money. If this ends up being successful, you know, directed IRA doesn't use an account fee. So, So just keep that in mind, no matter what custodian you're using, the due diligence is on you. And maybe you're going to have a lawyer involved. Maybe you have a financial advisor involved, or maybe you're very experienced in these types of investments and, and, you know, you know what you're doing. So, um, but just remember that's, that's on you. And we do have other due diligence episodes. There's a chapter in my book, the self-directed IRA Mm -hmm. handbook on how to do due diligence for your investments. So, um, but that, that's a key part of it. Okay. Another couple of pieces I just want to mention here. Um, Just because this is such a common investment is when you complete the subscription, we are essentially going to be communicating with that fund sponsor to say, all right, here's their money, and here's where you send in the subscription agreement. Here's where you send the – whether you're doing – they're doing quarterly distributions or monthly or annual, whatever. Here's where you send the money. So, we can book it into your account as there's income coming off of that fund. Um, what about stock certificates or membership certificates? Again, those, yeah, those, a lot of them are done electronically. They don't actually send them in private funds anymore, mm-hmm. they just keep them electronically. Um, you know, there are even private funds now. We've worked with a few that are on the blockchain, you know, mm-hmm. and so you get a token on the blockchain that is essentially your ownership stake in the fund. Rather than a piece of paper or your name on an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so we've we've done we've had a quite a, not a, I mean maybe you know ten or ten or twenty of those. It's kind of interesting. So, I love it. Blockchain's still around, guys. Blockchain's still around. Whether I mean I don't know.
1: so. I've, oh, and I've got a fun investment here at the end of the show yeah. for any of you that have just drudged through this. I got a. I've got a. Uh, I know some of you are like, <laughs> but yeah, you got to know this because you know you're, you're going to be investing. So you're doing your homework. We're proud of you, listeners that are. Really, again, you have to captain your own ship. And so proud of you for listening to this podcast. But I got a little fun tip on, it involves my IRA and zombies. So it's going to come here in a bit. Okay, it's all gonna right. Be good. You know, that, that'll be the, we, the end of the show. Are we ready for that yet or no? No, I don't know. Let's think through this. Is there anything else in a private fund? I think I would say this, um, and we talk about due diligence a lot, Matt and I, on being careful before you invest. But I would also, once you, all the documents are signed really stay engaged. Have a folder on your cloud, on your computers that is maintaining all these documents. You might have to go back and look at these. And these, if you're paperless, whatever the fund sponsor is doing to keep you informed, they might have monthly calls. They might have annual calls. Stay engaged in that process. Um, The clients that usually have problems are the ones that think, oh, turnkey, I invested in this fund, I'm done, bye. And then a year and a half later, they're like, whatever happened to that? Okay, you never want to be that guy. You know, (laughs) really pay pay attention. And so put it on your calendar when they're having their regular investor calls, have copies of all the documents you submitted to directed IRA and to the fund sponsor, be a responsible investor. And it's gonna, because there may be times where you hear, oh, I can get out of this fund or there's a uh, there's a cashing event that's occurring, or some sort of sale. You you want to be aware of this stuff yeah. because directed IRA might call you and go, "Hey, we got we got something in the mail here," and you'd be yeah. like, "What?" You know, you yeah
0: yeah. So and also, I like being more engaged on the front end before you send the money and before you invest too. You know, well, that's um, the due diligence yeah, part. Yeah, I was yeah just saying. Yeah. yeah. So, but I but I think it kind of goes in that, and just like being organizing, understanding what you're investing in, Mm. talking to the people that are raising the money, you know, I mean, you're going to get a lot more attention before you send the money. Um, now if you're investing the minimum, yeah, you might get cursory attention and and basic answers, but if you're investing a sizable amount, they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to want your money and they're going to want to, you know, go through that and answer your questions. And so, um, and also, you know, even we've seen, you know, a lot of the local funds here, like, you know, the property it's going at, like you can go see it. You can go stay at the hotel that it's, your money's invested in, you know? That's fun. And so it's, it's kind of cool. We even had our webinar um, with Josh McKellen, you know, like you can go, like they have a winery, they have a golf course. Like you could be invested in those things. They have resorts. Like you can go stay there. (laughs) It's
1: just kind of (laughs) cool. That's so cool.
0: So, uh, but then you kind of get a feel for what you're actually um, investing into. So
1: I've got one other tip too, is I, you know, uh, we've had, Um, different um, fraud investigators on our show over the years that have talked about affinity fraud and um, all sorts of things that can go wrong in an investment. And it's no fun to talk about, but what I want to just remind you is that if you see something weird, say something, you know, i love that. I thought TSA nailed it. If you see something, say something I was just, (laughs) but it applies in so many areas of our lives because The fraud investigators that we've ex uh, or retired securities and exchange commission officers, and they've written a book or two and we've had them on the show. I can't remember a couple of their names at the moment, but the, they say a lot of people that are victims of fraud are so embarrassed. They don't say anything. They know it. Something's weird, but yeah. they're embarrassed and they don't reach out to anyone. And sometimes it can be too late at that point to get help or try to resolve the situation and try to salvage any of your funds. And um, get involved um, and talk to someone. It's okay. You're you're not stupid. You didn't make a mistake. There's these are crooks for a reason. Uh, they're called crooks for a reason. And they they know that you may not say anything. Mm-hmm. And if it goes into bank sorpacy, like the Celsius thing right now, you should be you know following that. Just stay involved. Don't be embarrassed if something goes wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Last point I want to just make is no matter what you're investing into, whether it's a private equity fund, a venture capital fund, a hedge fund, a real estate fund, I don't care the type of fund it is, you want to do two things. You want to understand the strategy of the investment. How do they propose to make money? What are they doing unique from the next fund or real estate dealer, whatever mm. it may be? How are they going to make money? Why are they uniquely qualified to do it? And then secondly, investigate and understand the people operating this. Are they qualified? Do they know what they're doing? Do you have faith and trust in them and their expertise and abilities? So understand the strategy and also the people behind it that have to execute on it. That's what I want to know no matter what type of fund or investment it is.
1: Love it. Okay, huh? you ready for your tip?
0: Oh, yeah. We got okay. the tip.
1: Well, you'll remember. On
0: zombies and IRAs?
1: Yeah, yeah. So maybe some of you know. You know, last year was a fun year for the crypto industry. And so we had our we had two different events. The first
0: half of the year was fun. The second half was not so fun. It was okay.
1: But okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the, the fourth quarter, it was, you know, mayhem. But we held um, two different summits last year. Uh, one on the West coast, one on the East coast. And if you remember uh, when we were out in Miami, we had the founder of undead blocks come speak at one of the uh, networking events. That's a zombie video game. Yep. Zombie video game. And uh, so they were launching it beta, uh, a beta format at that time. And it was kind of fun to see what they were doing. Well, anyway, two days ago they uh, dropped they call it drops. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a yeah. big, big deal in the like crypto. They're like dis- a rapper or something. Yeah. I just dropped my second album. Drop yeah. Dropping my, my sophomore second. album yeah.
0: just came out. <laughs>
1: yeah. So they uh, dropped the uh, play to earn function. So yeah, they've right. been, they, they've also had some tournaments around the country. You can play and win money, but now you can, you, and you've been able to invest in space, uh, not spaceships, that's star Atlas, but um, weapons they are called yes. weapon yeah. packs. And so we've had several clients buy weapon packs with their digital wallet funded by their IRA LLC. And so uh, now they're doing, um, they dropped it two days ago and the play to earn. And so a bunch of kids are playing in the Philippines and throughout India, and they're making 7 to $8 a day playing a, a zombie game yeah. using the weapons your IRA owns. And you share in the revenue mm-hmm. in that. Um, and it's actually a rental program. It's mm-hmm. not a uh, earned income situation with UBIT. So it's a rent. You're, you can rent your weapons to a kid to play. And what's so, it's fascinating. It probably
0: still could have UBIT though, because it's not rental of real property. It's
1: personal property. True, true. Good. Yeah, you do a blocker though. Yeah, use a blocker. And, but what was, it's sad and interesting, but $7 a day in the, in the, some of these communi- communities in third world countries, these kids, that's a living wage. Like they're making as much as a nurse. And they're playing video games. And they're playing video <laughs> games. And you're making money. They're making money. And it's.